Welcome back to the Discount Property Investor Podcast. Our mission is to share what we have learned from our experience and the experience of others to help you make more money investing like a pro. We want to teach you how to create wealth by investing in real estate the Discount Property Investor way. To jumpstart your real estate investing career, visit FreeWholesaleCourse.com, the most complete free course on wholesaling real estate ever. Thanks for tuning in. All right, guys, welcome back to the Discount Property Investor Podcast. Mike, it's good to see you back, brother. Having podcast with you in a couple weeks. Yeah, Dave, we said we were going to do it more. And uh, man, I'll tell you what, we're just keeping busy uh, doing the business of real estate. And neither one of us, uh, you know, makes the time to, to reach out and be like, Dave, Mike, <laughs> we got to get in the freaking studio. We got to record. So uh, we're doing it remote just because it's important to us. And I'm glad, uh, glad we're doing it. And we are going to, again, it's been on our mind. It's been our effort to get, to get together and record. Uh, so again, we're going to be doing more of them. And I'm happy to do it because, again, it's something I've done for a long time with you. Oh, yeah, and even, even prior to that, and I really do, I just like talking and sharing my thoughts sometimes. And, and yeah, it's good. So I'm very, very happy to be recording and kind of sharing, I guess, our insights into what's going on uh, in the current market. I know we've all just say, oh, it's crazy. And that is true. But there's still plenty to do in business. And that's something that I really like. Um, it's kind of like a perspective thing. A lot of people are like, oh, man, the market's so hot. Like, I would never want to be buying rentals right now. Oh, man, the market's so hot. I don't want to flip anything because, like, what if it turns and I get stuck with it? Oh, man, the market's so hot. I'll never find a good wholesale deal. Well, okay. That's one way to look at it, right, Dave? Here's the other way to look at it. Here's the other way. Go ahead and do nothing. And you're exactly where you were right now. Go ahead and do nothing. That's fine, too. But, again, that's that's, that's 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 not powerful language right there. Right. That's not where I want to be. That's not where I want to be. I don't so, want to be in the same place either, man. I totally agree. Right. Even, even if you go 100 miles an hour and you learn a ton about real estate and the market corrects and you get stuck holding the bag on one or two properties, I mean, that, that's all part of this real estate game. Like right. no one can predict the stock market. No one knows what's going on with crypto. I mean, you and I both know that. I mean, it's up and down. It's crazy. And I truly don't believe anyone can predict this real estate market or cycle or when it's going to turn with you know laser pinpoint accuracy so the only option is again in my opinion just keep taking action towards your goals do what is working do what other people know is working and again just keep making progress on your goals so that's kind of what we're doing uh you know we in our business uh, i think we're, we're pretty candid with everything we've done we built a massive portfolio of rentals together and then we sold off a bunch because again we were buying out a partner we had a little bit of debt so you know we cleared that out now we're doing it again in our rental business. <laughs> now we're doing it it's, again. That's it's, right. not some, it's not something, again, that I'm super, super excited about that the market's so hot right now. But it really has only felt like that to me for the past, I mean, this year, 2021, is the only time I've really felt like it's a yeah. hot market. Like, I don't, know, I don't know when you felt like things were getting heated. I mean, I think, I think it was just this year, though. Yeah, I think so, too. But... Even through the winter, though, usually in so we don't really have much of a dip in the winter with the with the investing, right? Um, but I felt like even through the winter, the inventory was low. You know, it's it's taken us more marketing dollars to find a deal over the last you know twelve months. But I agree, we've really really felt the impact the hardest over the last six. So it hasn't really felt that bad, you know, in terms of getting deals. 
But uh, yeah, and I guess that's true because we weren't a deal right now, man. Yeah, up until the end of last year, we were still kind of in sell mode. Now we're back into buy mode, so that makes sense. Yeah, why well, I didn't really see it. I'm I'm more, you know, Dave really focuses on leading our wholesale side. I focus more on leading our rental, our acquisition side. So yeah, and, and that's really I really really felt it, and it really was a squeeze, and that's the squeeze we're in. But we're still. Again, 100 miles an hour trying to build a rental port or rebuild a rental portfolio, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, hopefully I by mean, the end of the summer, I'd say by the end of August, mm-hmm. that gives us about five and a half weeks. I would think I would think we'd be back to 60, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, we're, we're basically at a uh, little over 50 doors, you know, all, all together, like when we count all of our rental properties. Yeah, but under uh, contract... To be added, it's got to be another five or six. And mm-hmm. there's probably another three or four that are in, pipeline. in the pipeline, too. Right. Right. So. right. No, I think we'll be 60 by the end of the summer. It would be really cool if we could buy another like big package and get to that 100 by the end of the year. But, dude, that's that's uh, five months away, you know? And I, I just don't know that we're going to have the capacity unless we find a, a sweet package to, to pick up, so. Yeah, no, you know what? I think would make for a good topic just for a few minutes here is buy box. And the reason that I want to talk about that is we have 23 units under contract right now mm-hmm. in one, on one parcel, right? Oh, that's right. That would be amazing to just add to the portfolio, but it's not in our buy box. And the buy box for Mike and I is, you know, typically somewhere within 20 to 30 minutes of our office. Um, And it really doesn't necessarily matter the price range, but it has to have a good return on investment. Either it has to be at the 1% rule or we got to be able to buy it at, you know, 70 to 80% to be able to burr it. And this particular um, 23 unit building that we have under contract right now, it's an hour and a half south. So, you know, not that I don't want to buy it. I think it's actually a really, really good deal. But we don't have a property manager that can cover it, right? So we'd have to get a new property manager. And there's new, you know, basically challenges that arise with having properties spread out all over and then having to manage multiple property managers and whatnot. So buy box, guys, figure out your buy box. When you're going to be investing, if you're starting off wholesaling, then anything and everything will work. And that's what we're doing with this particular deal is we contracted it because it was a good deal. But then when it comes time to figure out what we're going to do with it on the dispo side or the the other side of things, you know, it doesn't fit the buy box. So just resort to wholesaling. Yeah, that's a great uh, analogy or, or way to look at it is calling it the buy box. I like that. Um, a lot of people, it's like, what's your buying criteria is the most, most common question that we get, you know, as, as buy and hold guys. And yeah, it's kind of difficult to define because for Dave, it's really like he just said, he'll buy anything that's a good deal, even if it's two hours away and it's outside of what he was referring to as our buy box. Like he's not necessarily going to say no to a smoking deal. Why would you? Again, so that that little apartment building, I wish we could keep it. I'm I'm in the same same mindset. Like that's a great one. Mm. You know, it's it's underperforming because you know the current owners are um, they're very kind and they actually built this from the ground up and they just haven't done a lot of rehab to it. They've done a lot of maintenance to it, so it's in good shape. 
But man, it would be sweet if we could go in there, rip out the kitchens and baths, and then up the rents 100, 150 a unit, uh, charge you tenants utilities, and shoot, we'd have a huge return on it. Like I'm not, I'm not disagreeing. But but like Dave said, since it's an hour and a half south, we don't have one the property manager, but two then to make our crew or to find a crew down there to actually do that work for us would be another undertaking. Uh, and when we're managing new crews, we got to keep a little bit closer eye on them. So it just doesn't, doesn't work for us. Uh, unfortunately, even though it is a great deal. So we're going to sell it and I think it's going to be a great one. So our buy box, what are it'll be a six figure wholesale. So we're going to be doing good on it regardless, Mike. Yeah. No, no tears for us, please. No tears for us. That's right. So the buy box, I mean, let's talk a little bit more about what we buy, Dave. Um, we, Again, it's really anything in a in a uh, that meets our our criteria, and like Dave said, it's either that eighty percent or um, or something that hits that one percent rule. And we're really 1% looking rule is basically you know just a simple rule, guys. It basically states that you're going to collect one percent in rent. So whatever the number is to purchase, and typically it's not just a purchase. We like to look at it as like what's our all in number. If we can buy something for ninety grand and put twenty in it. That's 110, 1% 1 of 110 is 1100. So are you able to buy it and be all in at, and then collect 1% of the rent? So at 1100, if you have a loan at 110, that typically means that you're gonna have, you know, a decent amount of cash flow. So that means what's left over of that 1100 after you pay your taxes and your insurance and you factor in maintenance, and you factor in capex, and you factor in your management, and then you also factor in your vacancy. It pretty much guarantees you what? What is it, Mike? Maybe two hundred bucks a month, one hundred and fifty. Yeah. A month. Well, and it depends on if you. But it depends if you use what you're into it for versus the ARV or what the value of the property is. Because we'll even use like the the actual value of the property. So if we're into it for one ten, let's say it appraises at like one forty, we really want to see that rent around one uh, 1400 a month uh, as opposed to the 1100 but again one percent super quick simple thing to use mm -hmm. uh, 1100 to 1400 on rent on something like that and you're gonna make those cash flow numbers that you need to make uh, so so yeah it and it is it's not a ton uh, especially on the higher the higher price of the property uh, we found it it gets even you know skinnier like uh, the 150 because your loan gets higher and your expenses just get higher when uh, when something happens to a property, it needs a little bit more work. Uh, your vacancies take a bigger hit. Uh, if I've got a, an $800 mortgage on a property that's renting for, you know, $1,200 or $1,400 versus a $500 mortgage, when I have that vacancy running, I am out a significantly higher percent or higher number of dollars than I am if it's only um you know, a, a $500 mortgage. Like again, that's an actual cost plus the time to turn it plus yada, yada. So over a three month period, say it's vacant for, you know, two to three months uh, during a turnover. I mean, you've got significant costs that can add up pretty quickly. So again, the, the more expensive the property, uh, it just, it just costs more. The holding cost is more when it's not rented. The mortgage is more. So it does, it just gets thinner and thinner. Uh, but back to our buy box, a little bit more about that and what we're specifically looking for. 1% rules in the buy box. It is there, baby. 1% <laughs> rule. We hammered that one home. Super important. 
Yeah, what else though? You know, I don't like one bedroom. So let's talk about what we what we exclude. That's probably easier, right? Absolutely. So we exclude one bedrooms, guys. We exclude properties that need more work than the purchase. So if you buy a house for 40 but it needs 60, right? And that that puts you in at 100. Why not buy one at 90 that needs 10? Like it's just so much easier, right? So we typically exclude the one bedrooms, we typically exclude properties that need more work than the purchase price. And, and Dave and I were just talking about that though, because that is a super, super good one. And I love that because I'm on the rental side and I do a little bit of the rehab and the management of it, but we're buying properties now that need more work because we can't find those yeah, 90,000 so we need so five true. or 10. So need again, you're getting typical, But we still try to find that line though, right? right. Well, we cross the line occasionally, of course, depending on the area of town that we're in, but you know, rule of thumb, don't buy a hundred thousand dollar property that needs a hundred and fifty. Look at it that way. When you get into bigger numbers, whew. no, you're and you're absolutely right, and that's a really good way to look at it. Even though you're doing a rehab, you don't want to do a full gut on a rental project necessarily. Why um, would you if you can find something else that's easier that makes just as much money? You know exactly. And if you're going to do that level of work, I mean, quite frankly, it might make a better flip than a rental because again, you're you're basically rebuilding a house. So why not? execute on it and get that full retail and cash out and buy a different one for a rental. But again, everyone has different strategies. So back to also you, Dave. Also like to exclude small properties. This is so, the big one for me. So like 600 square feet or less, you know, it's like you can't, you can't convert a one bedroom into a two bedroom at 600 square foot without the bedrooms being extremely small. Can you do it? Yeah, of course. But you're going to have like closet sized bedrooms. That's hard to keep rented. You might be able to rent it, but you're typically not going to have somebody that's going to stay there for four to six years. You know, like they can get a bigger place for equal money. Because when you have a 600 square foot house, you're still dealing with roof maintenance and HVAC maintenance and all of the maintenance that you would have on a, on a 1500 square foot house or a 2000 square foot house. Your maintenance isn't any cheaper necessarily because it's only 600 square feet. Roofs still leak and air conditioners still break and water heaters rust out and die. So let's talk about the flip side. Ton of maintenance on these small properties in relation to percentages. So what about a what about a twenty five or three thousand square foot house, Dave? So you know that's a great point. Like there's a range. So when you're dealing with a three thousand square foot house, hopefully you'll get three thousand a month in rent. But if you don't, you're already breaking the one percent rule. And then when it comes time to turn that property, that's a lot of square footage to cover with new flooring and or new paint. So exactly. turning that property is not going to be, you know, six, eight, twelve hundred bucks. It might be four or five or six thousand, depending on how much work is needed. Yeah, so, even just painting it's going to be several thousand. Right. So it, it's it's definitely there's a sweet spot. And I would say that we look for smaller end. I mean, we're looking for around a thousand. Uh, give or take a few hundred square foot would be our our target or is in our buy box, our sweet spot. The number of bedrooms, we don't put as much weight on if the square footage is within the correct number because we'll convert uh, old dining rooms if there's a second dining area into bedrooms uh, to maybe make that two bed a three bed. If it was a two bedroom, 1100 square foot house, well, there's plenty of room in there to add a third bedroom and it's not going to be tiny. It's going to be just fine. And we've done that so again, a bunch of times. 
Yeah, so our buy box is probably between, I would say the, the sweet spot is really closer to seven, 800 square foot to maybe 14, 1500 square foot. Mm-hmm. Uh, target right around 1000 though, is really what we're looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, so that hits on what is our number of bed and bath requirements. We don't like one beds. I think you mentioned that. Uh, so really two beds are okay, but a three bed is our, our preferred, uh, three plus and three plus, right. it's pretty hard to find. I mean, anything more than four bedrooms. Yep. Uh, we do, we do have that sweet one that you put on our contract, Dave. I'm looking forward to it. If we can, uh, get that thing figured out up on, uh, Jerry's, you know? Yeah. That's a, big yeah, it's one. a five bedroom. Right. massive. So that'll be pretty good. Uh, what yep. else, Dave? Um, you know, I would say like uh, area of town matters as well too. You know, we'll we'll buy A, B, and C. We try to avoid anything below a C. Now, are we buying a ton of A's? No. Let's be honest. Just because it's hard to mm-hmm. get a great deal that can cash flow that doesn't need you know crazy amounts of work, um, but we'll come across them from time to time. The majority of the rentals that we're buying are probably in the B and the C class areas. Um, but even in the C class areas, you're typically not having crazy amounts of crime. You're also having school districts that are, you know, on the on the okay to good side. They're not like terrible, right? Um, so neighborhood, you know, type of neighborhood, I think definitely matters. Um, there's some neighborhoods in St. Louis, like for example, Castle Point you know, where I would never want to own a rental. Will we buy something to flip there? Well, sure, because we can pick it up for two or three grand in some cases and sell it for eight or 10 or 15 and make a couple thousand bucks real quick. Um, but that area, that part of town just isn't ideal for a tenant. You're going to have a ton of issues with just it being dangerous, right? And that's a ton of liability. So I think neighborhood definitely matters. Um, also, I think um, like type of property will, will matter too. You know, like um, are you buying a single family home or are you looking at, you know, a weird two, you know, two unit building that may have an off building, right? Like sometimes if it's too weird, you know, we may avoid that type of thing, right? Um, in terms of roofs, it doesn't really matter if it's a pitch roof or a flat roof. You know, here in St. Louis, we have a lot of old buildings when you're in the city limits. And we mm-hmm. own a few of those as well. So that's, you know, that's not necessarily a deal breaker. But personally, I like a pitched roof because you can easily inspect it. You can see what's going on. And often you can add square footage or have an attic space when you have a pitch roof. Um, I think distance is typically going to be, you know, the main one, obviously, right behind type and square footage and cost, of course. Uh, but that's the reason why this 23 units that we have is out of the buy box is because it's too far away. If it was half the distance, we'd probably buy it and keep it. Uh, but, you know, it's just too far away, too. So there's a lot here's of a, things that you have to you have to factor in. And here's another one that uh, we don't often deal with, but they are out there, uh, especially in the South County area more often than not, is septic systems. So we prefer all of our rentals be on city sewer and uh, water and water. Exactly. And wells. That's, that's a good point. Uh, for this reason, it's just easier to maintain. There's, there's almost nothing you have to do besides getting that thing cabled out. If it gets clogged out, clogged up, or, you know, replacing the pipe, if it cracked, if you're on your own septic system, uh, not only are you going to have to do that if it gets clogged, but if the septic system cracks or fails, you have to replace a septic system 
And last I checked, it was, I don't know, it was like $20,000 or something to dig yeah, out and replace the entire system. About 20K? I don't, I don't know. It a lo- it's been a while since I've really looked into it. But yeah, they're not cheap. Again, you have to dig out the thing. You've got to feed. I don't even really understand all of it. It's just, yeah, we, we, we try to avoid them. Uh, so when we do get them, uh, more often than not, we'll try to flip that property uh, for that reason. Because it just is is uh, an unknown cost or kind of like a ticking time bomb. Could go bad at any point. Uh, tenants aren't necessarily aware of it or they don't care. Like, again, if you tell them, hey, this is a septic system, make sure you do this. Well, tenants hardly even change the air filters in your HVACs, let alone can you expect them to really maintain a septic system and use the, what is it, like RIDEX or whatever you're supposed to put down there uh, every so often. So, I, again, it's just a, another thing that pushes it further out of our buy box. Yeah, wells versus city water or county water, right? If you're mm-hmm. on like the, you know, the like this infrastructure water system that, you know, it's pumping a decent PSI 24-7, 365 versus a well. Wells can go dry. Wells can have issues as well. Typically, wells don't have the best water pressure. I mean, I guess it depends on the system that you have. Uh, but Mike, that's a great point. City water and city sewer or city sanitation is um is a big thing right will yeah. you buy outside of you know them having them yes but ideally our buy box is having both of those great point something i didn't even i wasn't even thinking about but it just goes to show you that there's a lot of little things to consider yeah so let's recap it real quick and then maybe wrap up and, and yes. i think this will be the the buy box episode so what is in our buy box for our rental portfolio uh, I think it was first and foremost was the 1% rule, which encompasses the price and the rent. Uh, it kind of combines those things. So 1% of the value of the property, you should see that being collected as the rent each month. That's a really good way to look at that 1% rule. Uh, Dave, what's next? The I would say like distance, size. Yeah, so location. Location kind of location includes that distance. Uh, it includes yeah. that there's some areas we don't like, some areas we do. So real estate location, 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 right? You know, you mm-hmm. can't get around it even in our rental buy box. Mm-hmm. So we've Size got the one percent. You don't want to go too small. You don't want to go too big, right? So yep. Buy next. So buy box location size, um, and then area, what was the last? You know, like area. A, B, C, mm-hmm. or D. You don't know, stay out of the war zones. Probably not going to find a ton of great 1% or even 1.5%, which we have as well in some of our portfolio, you know, in the A zones, right? It's just probably not going to happen. Um, and then last but not least, more specifics on the property. Does the property need more work than the purchase price? Doesn't mean you might not want to do that deal, but you can do a similar deal and make just as much typically, you know, whenever you're encountering that kind of thing. And then last but not least, you know, I would say just, just details about the property, like its systems are, it's, it's, are its systems hooked up to the city and county infrastructure, or are you out in the country and you're dealing on your own water from a well or your own sewer from a, um, what's it called? Septic uh, tank. Yeah. yeah which has a drainage field and there's lots of things that can go wrong. Dave, it's so funny. We try to recap and we both do this all the time. (laughs) It's like, so you're talking about the systems and I'm just thinking, well, wait a minute. What about the electric system too? That's another one. So obviously that comes in a condition of the property, but uh, there's one kind of big red flag and that still is the knob and tube wiring. Good point. Uh, 
or the older electric panels, the Federal Pacifics. So those two things, they're not going to push it out of a buy box, but knob and tube wiring can be dangerous, can be a fire hazard. So we really don't really necessarily want that. Um, and the Federal Pacifics, you know, we can replace the panel, but it just factors in as well. Factors into so, the cost though, right? If, it, if it's a property that needs, you know, all new electric and it may need all new plumbing, well, that may push it over the line to be something that may cost more than the purchase, depending on the neighborhood. Exactly. Lots of things that kind of re can reflect on that. So, Mike, great conversation. The buy box, guys. Know your own buy box, right? Know what you're looking for. Really, I think the whole point of having a buy box at the end of the day is to have a plan. You know, don't just get out there and like just buy something, right? And, and then later just, you know, figure out, oh, man, I probably shouldn't have done this because of this or because of this. It's just smart to educate yourself you know, and buy in places that are going to make you comfortable, but also in places that, you know, are really more defined as investments versus just speculation. Dave, let's do, uh, let's do another episode guys on the next episode. Let's talk about how to get yourself ready to buy rentals. I know we have a, a lot of new investors. So Dave, thank you everyone for listening. Uh, the next episode, we're going to record it. Uh, we'll talk about getting yourself ready to buy rentals. Awesome. Thanks for listening guys. Signing off. Thanks for listening to the Discount Property Investor Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please like, share, and subscribe to help us reach a wider audience. To jumpstart your real estate investing career, visit FreeWholesaleCourse.com, the most complete free course on wholesaling real estate ever. We would also appreciate it if you left us a review on iTunes or Stitcher. Thank you in advance for your support. And remember, you make your money when you buy, you get paid when you sell. Now let's go build some wealth.